Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm Dawn Fisk, your host, life coach in your pocket, um, speaker, YouTuber, uh, podcaster, all sorts really. I'm so pleased that you're here today and very grateful. Um, so just wanted to say thank you. Um, if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for coming back. I last week had a really good week with numerous emails giving positive feedback about the podcast. So thank you so much for that. It's so nice for you to let me know that it's appreciated and that it's helping you. Um, it's reassurance for me that I'm doing the right thing and that I should continue to do these podcasts. So thank you for letting me know. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, then please feel free to go through the previous episodes. There are um, almost 60 episodes at the moment in the back catalogue. Um, if you're going to listen to any, well, I would, of course, biasedly say listen to them all. But the first, say, 10 give the foundation of my coaching. So it will be good to listen to at least the first 10. But there are so many there on so many different life coaching subjects on how to improve how you feel, achieve more happiness, more joy, uh, more connection, uh, better mental health, etc. So please feel free to just catch up on all of them. Um, and please, please, please spread the word. If they're helping you, um, then please let your friends know or put it on social your social media. It's also available to listen to now, recently, via YouTube, which is a new thing. I didn't know you could listen to podcasts on YouTube, but you can. And you can this one now because it's up. Um, so if your friends don't know how to do podcasts, I'm absolutely certain they'll know how to do YouTube. Just give them life coaching on the move title and my name Dawn Fisk um, and they can find me. Uh, today's episode is all about your mood. What mood are you in currently? Is it the mood that you want to be in? Are you struggling with your mood? Do you want to change it? Do you want to improve it? How are we in control of our moods and what can we do about them? Uh, so I hope you find that helpful. There is a little bit of disturbance in the middle sound wise. Um, just bear with it gets it's only a short. It gets a lot better. Uh, it's temporary. Um, in terms of announcements, um, really just to let you remind you really that in August I will be having a little sale, uh, 10% off my two online programs. I've got two online programs. Please feel free to visit the website and check them out. One shorter, punchy, practical, full tips, loads of techniques on time management is going to have 10% off and one much, much longer seven modular program on stress management because it's such an important subject. I believe I am passionate about stress management because of my own experience and how it affected my own health um, and how it affects so many of my clients and just impacts on their whole life really. When they're struggling with stress, it affects everything, sleep, well-being, uh, mental health, their efficiency, their productivity, their relationships, everything is affected when you're struggling with stress. So for that reason, I'm passionate about it. And for that reason, I've done seven modules. It's a seven week program. Um, so both of those are on offer in August. So it, depending on when you are listening to this, check it out. My website, by the way, is www milestone-coaching.co.uk where you'll find loads of things my free blog 
um, possible group coaching sessions that may be about to start. I do a seven week group coaching via Zoom life skills and confidence program that rolls over and over. It's continuous. So don't take into account the dates because there will be new dates constantly rolling forward. So if a seven week program on life skills and confidence group Zoom coaching uh, program is of interest to you, then please drop me an email dawn at milestone-coaching.co.uk because if there isn't one rolling at the moment there will be one looming no matter when you're listening to this and if you register your interest I'll know that there is some interest and I'll put new dates in the diary and start another one Um, so check that out on the website or please drop me an email and I will register you straight away so it doesn't matter where in the world you're based you can take part in those or of course I'm available for one-to-one coaching just a one-off session or a couple if you find it helpful you're in the driving seat you choose so again drop me an email if a one session or a couple of sessions could help you completely tailored to whatever challenges you're facing at the moment or whatever you want to address be it career life, confidence, goals, struggles, um, anything really, then drop me an eye and we can put a date in the diary and we can do it over Zoom if um, you're awake. So with that, no further ado, there will be a slight hesitation in sound, slight gap, and we will launch straight into this week's episode on how you can change your mood, improve your mood and control your mood for Um, you to benefit. I hope you enjoy it. How are you today? Um, Genuinely, how are you today? Um, I'm walking, as as you know, I often do walk the dogs. I'm in a really quiet wood. It's going to be a gorgeous day. The sun's coming up. It's very early. Um, And I'm feeling good. Um, I've got a good to-do list planned for today. Um, It's going to be a productive day. It's going to be lovely weather. Um, I'm feeling upbeat. It's a Monday morning, um, so you've got that Monday morning kind of feeling, but I'm actually uh, focused, um, motivated. That's a good one. That's probably the the mood I would say for me today. I'm motivated. Um, How, what, what, word would you use to describe your feeling at the moment um if you had to label it so i've i didn't know i was feeling motivated that i had to find a word to describe how i was feeling and actually sometimes that's quite good to actually pinpoint describe it in one word how you're feeling and now i know that all of you listening um to this will be feeling different things we can have an array of emotions and an array of experiences. I don't know where you are when you're listening to this. You might be on your way to work. You might be in the bath. You might be out on a walk yourself. You might be on the treadmill. You might be cleaning the house. Millions of things. Um, and you may have millions of things going on in your life. At the moment, we are still in... COVID-19 but the lockdown has been eased significantly at the time of recording. It is July 2020 and many of us are trying to get on with a a fairly normal life as much as we can pretty much. Let's say 80% back to normal. 
but we're all aware that people are talking about a winter spike, the winter coming, and is it going to come back? And it's all unknown, isn't it? We don't know what we're facing when October, November comes and the schools are back fully and uh, the usual winter coughs and colds and tummy bugs are going around. What's going to happen with the coronavirus? It's the unknown. So for the moment, it feels like we're all making the most of it and sitting in pub gardens, making the most of the weather, but with this uncertainty looming. Um, but we're getting quite adaptable, aren't we? We're getting used to having to adapt, getting used to uh, not knowing and feeling a little bit out of control. Um, and that may not be in itself a bad thing because we can't always control everything and accepting that might be quite empowering. Being adaptable and flexible and adjusting to circumstances is definitely empowering. It's a good thing, a good strength to have. So we are in a time where we're having to, we're having to be adaptable, having to be flexible. But what I wanted to ask you today though is what is your mood? Mine is, I've realised, motivated um, and feeling that I want to get things achieved. That's how I feel. I feel really uh, determined this week is going to be a productive week and quite excited about that. Predominantly because, as some of you will know, at the beginning of lockdown, I, <laughs> I did a... St- well, I didn't do a stupid thing, actually. I had a stupid experience with my computer. Um, in hindsight, I had a virus in the computer that I should have phoned the helpline about. It had been playing up and playing up and playing up. And I buried my head, swore at it a lot and got very frustrated. Knew something was wrong. Didn't know there was uh, especially a helpline. Kept thinking, I'll sort it out, I'll sort it out. Didn't. And the whole thing crashed. So badly, in fact, that the help, the computer, they couldn't do anything. They tried, they tried every type of retrieval over the phone, guided me through every means and methods that they had, and it was unsalvageable. And so pretty much I had to revert back to factory settings, which for one reason or another, the backup hadn't worked either. And so I pretty much lost virtually everything that I had, apart from the odd presentation and photos that I had to put on memory sticks to take to speak at a speaker event or something like that. So I lost all my invoices, I lost all of my uh, spreadsheets for my finances, just everything. So that that is why I'm motivated this week because I'm actually refeeding it all in but I found a much better way of doing it so it's much more efficient actually in hindsight than the way I was doing so I'm feeling good about it Um, and I know that I'm going to get everything back up there and on top of everything but it was hugely frustrating but as is often the way a great opportunity to learn a much better way for the future much easier way for the future actually Uh, much quicker way and more efficient and it will be much better for the accountant Um, So, always looking for the good in everything and always looking for the learning in everything. It was a pain in the neck. It was very worrying. I thought I'd lost some really big presentations, but I fortunately hadn't. Um, Those that I have, I've been rewriting and making even better. Um, So it's been... It it felt negative at first, uh, but we were in lockdown, so it didn't really matter. I had time on my hands. Um but it's turned out to be a positive 
and I've now got a much more efficient computer, much faster and a good backup system. So hopefully I've learnt lots of lessons. I wasn't planning to share that with you whatsoever. I've gone down another route. Um, so what mood, let's bring it back to you guys, what mood do you feel you're in today? Um, because that's what we're talking about, choosing our mood. We can choose our mood, we can direct it, we can do something about it. It isn't set in stone. It's not something we wake up and that's it for the day. Nothing we can do about it at all. So my question is, are you feeling in a mood that is good for you? Is it what you want to be feeling? Is it how you want to be today? Was yesterday the mood that you wanted and how did it affect you? If you've labelled how you're feeling for today, now we'll look back on yesterday. How were you feeling yesterday? What mood would you say you were in yesterday? And thinking of tomorrow. What have you got going tomorrow? What's happening for you tomorrow? And what mood would you like to feel tomorrow? Because we don't often we don't often see it that way, do we? We don't often describe it that way. Um, but if we did, then it feels much more in our control. Um, so. I was going to share a couple of uh, my own experiences from this week. Um, these are fairly insignificant on the scale of things, because let's face it, some people right now are facing some fairly challenging times um, and very difficult times in COVID-19. And um, so these, by no means am I making these out to be any more than they really are. But they were, but they're examples, so I'll use them anyway. Um, but I am keeping them in in perspective. So the first one really um, was my youngest. Um, uh, he has um, always likes long hair. He's not allowed long hair for school. Uh, they're not allowed long hair. But during lockdown, he has seen his opportunity. He hasn't been back at school, although they've been online schooling, obviously. But he has seen this opportunity to leave his hair. And plus, there haven't been hairdressers open. So it's got longer and longer, and he's never been happier about it. Um, anyway, but I have been saying to him, you need to have a haircut. It looks really unkempt, really messy. And last week, long story short, he actually agreed, yes, all right then, um, if I can have a new game. <laughs> so yes, I bribed him, hands up, poor parenting. I did say, yes, you can have that new game. Um, uh, but because I considered it and thought, well, do you know what? It would save me money not going to the hairdressers anyway. So the money that I save, I might as well do it. And it's nine weeks before his school goes back. So he's got nine weeks for it to sort itself out anyway, no matter what mess up I make of it. That's my thinking. Anyway, so I said to him, I can't do scissors because I'm not a hairdresser. I'll make a real hash of it. It'll have to be clippers. And um, we've got new clippers because we broke, <laughs> we dropped. My husband was cycling them to a friend's to borrow it to, so he could borrow them through the lockdown. And uh, he dropped them on the road and smashed them. <laughs> so... We've been waiting for new clippers to arrive because everybody had sold out hair clippers from him because of the lockdown. And he's been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks and they've just arrived. 
So I said to him, I'll use the new clippers because they've got a number five on them. So that would be all right. And he thought in his head, I didn't realise this, he thought in his head that meant his hair would be five times longer than his dad's when he had um, number one. And I thought it would be quite long too. I thought five meant quite long. Anyway, so once you start clippering, you can't really stop because it would look ridiculous. So we started and it was very quickly apparent that this was horrendously short. And in fact, five means five millimetres <laughs> from long hair. Anyway, we did it and his brother saw this as a, a, an incredible opportunity to be really brotherly uh, in, in true brother style, incredibly cruel. Uh, he was in stitches, he was doubled up in laughter, nearly crying with laughter. Uh, my poor youngest was distraught. He wasn't sat in front of a mirror, we weren't in a salon. He didn't see it until the end. He could see what was coming off and falling into his lap. Anyway, he looked in the mirror and was very upset. Wasn't going to show that in front of his brother. Uh, but later, when he and I were by ourselves, He's 15 and he hasn't done this in years, but he actually cried. He was so upset and um, said, I'm, I have long hair. That's, I realised who he identifies with. That's who I am. He said, that's who I am. I, I don't, uh, he was so, so upset. And it deeply concerned me. Not, not, most of you will be thinking, oh, for goodness sake, it'll grow. We all know that. We've all had a bare, bad haircut story i know i had one at 26 i had a terrible one at 26 shocker still haunts me now and i cried at 26 because we identify with you know it's our it's who we are isn't it is our image luckily he doesn't have to go and he has now said he's not leaving the house for nine weeks this is a week on and he hasn't left the house yet well, apart from the garden but it is growing anyway so he was really traumatised, I would say, deeply upset. And I was very worried as a mother because teenagers are so vulnerable and so uh, emotional, really. They're learning so much and very vulnerable. And he's not normally, and for him, he's normally a big toughie. And to see him so upset was deeply worrying, really. However, the next day... Uh, he came downstairs and said, Mum, right, you need to, please, could you order me some biotin, um, which I'd never heard of. And I said, what's that? And he said, uh, it's something you've got to get, it helps hair growth. Oh, so I looked it up and he can't have it because he's under 18, but it's a supplement. But he could have biotin serum for shampoo to help hair growth, apparently. So I ordered him this and then he reeled off all the things that he'd been researching that I've got to put freezing cold water on my, the shower onto freezing cold onto my head to get uh, cold water to the head to get the blood flow to increase and that feeds the hair follicles to help them grow, it, grow quicker. And I need to eat lots of protein that helps hair growth. Uh, so I need to, will you get me loads of protein and um, what else did he have? Uh, a, a head massage, I need a head massage every day because that gets the blood flow to the scalp and that helps hair grow um, and sunlight and all of that. And I, I thought about it while I was on a dog walk and then came back and said to him, and we sat down and chatted about that. 
this because I thought, oh my word, this is a great opportunity for him to get some praise and some positivity and to learn about himself. And I said to him, what I'm loving about this, what I'm really proud of, of you for is that yesterday you were really, really upset. And we've talked about this on the podcast. That's why I'm sharing this with you. Because I said to him, every one of us has a down, has, you know, bad experiences, big or small, we all do. And life's going to, and I said to him, life is going to throw you loads of curveballs in your future. You might have 70 or 80 years ahead of you. And you're going to have some real bad times, whether it's, I don't know, some university experiences, some job. Uh, you may not get the jobs uh, and turn down in jobs or you struggle to find work or whatever. If we're heading for difficult times, who knows? Financial issues, health issues, relationship problems. Who knows what's coming his way? But I'm certain there will be some, some ups and some downs. And I explained to him that this was a temporary down and no matter what happens, his hair will grow. And it will be behind him before he knows it. And it will be fine. But I understand how he felt. I felt it myself when I had the same. I understand that it's his identity. And uh, he didn't realise it was going to be short, so short, nor did I. And it was a mistake and he regretted it, etc. And he was feeling all of that the first day. And I said, I know you were really upset and really, really embarrassed and don't want to go out and desperate for it to be back as it was and desperate to take the clock back and not have done it. Me too. However, as I said to him, what I love now is that we, so we can all choose to stay in the mud and lick our wounds and feel sorry for ourselves. Your first words were, why did you do it, mum? Then they were, I wish I hadn't done it. I, I didn't really not that bothered about the game and it wasn't worth it and I wish I could take the clock back and you were stuck in the mud and you were upset and um, you know really feeling it really feeling regret why if you want to call it anything the kind of as I've called it before but I hate the phrase but low down fed up, depressed, and victim wording. Why did you do it? Why didn't you check how short it was going to be, etc.? Blaming. But I, as I pointed out to him, within 24 hours, he had turned this round and gone straight into solution mode. Okay, I don't like this. What can I do about it? Um, I, I'm not happy about the situation. How can I make the situation better? And you researched and you researched things that you could do. Okay, you can't have the supplement because you're not 18, but you can have the shampoo. You researched that. You researched cold water. And, and they may or may not work. I mean, who knows? But I do also believe in the power of belief. He genuinely believes it's going to work. And I think it will help. I was looking at um, when I was doing the power of the mind over the body. And I think I may have shared this story with you but I was researching all about the placebo effect of drug treatments and surgery treatments on um, patients. And there was one study, research study, that I, I remember distinctly reading um, about a new chemotherapy. Half the group were going to get this new chemotherapy. Half the group, um, they knew this, were going to receive just a bogus treatment. It wasn't chemotherapy. And they signed up for this and they agreed it and they didn't know which study group they were in. However, they were told, all of them, that there was a strong possibility that they would lose their hair. Now, 30% 
of those patients in the non-chemo group. So they didn't have any chemotherapy, unbeknown to them. They still lost, 30% of them lost their hair. That's how powerful the power of the mind is over the body. They believed, they were were hoping they were getting a new chemo, and they knew with that came the risk of losing their hair, and 30% of them did. So I'm not going to shatter any of his dreams. Neil, my husband, thinks, that's ridiculous, cold water on your head doesn't make it work. And I said, it doesn't matter whether it makes it work or not. If he believes it does, I do believe it will have an effect. And I have to say, I genuinely have to say, within a week, I do genuinely believe his hair has grown slightly. Um, Anyway, that's not important. But what is important is I loved the fact and said to him, you have had a difficult time. It's not for all of us uh, necessarily huge because we know he's going to have bigger ones, but he's only 15 and it's who he is. Um, And his brother being extremely cruel. (laughs) Um, But anyway, but he has dug deep and he has shown me how naturally a resilient character he is. And I said to him, you have got a real resilience bank there. You are naturally very resilient because you instantly within 24 hours went into solution mode of what can I do about this how can I sort this out you stop blaming you stop being a victim you instantly turned it round into an opportunity and I have seen how naturally you've got that ability and if you can see this now remember this four times in the future when you're older and the, the problems are bigger that you know how to do this. You know that you're in the driving seat and you can always think, no matter what life throws at you, I don't like this situation. This is not what I had hoped for. This is a tough time. This is hard. This is upsetting or difficult or disappointing or whatever it is that you're going through. But I can do something about it. What can I do about this to make it feel slightly better? What can I control here? What can I do nothing about? Well, what can I do something about? And what is it to make this situation better? How can I feel that I'm doing something? How can I do something about it? And I said, that's a brilliant skill, Sam. That will carry you through life. Always, always remember this. And don't you feel better now, even though it's only a day in and you you feel scalped and um, all face and ugly and everything you're feeling now, even though you're feeling that, don't you feel more in control and more optimistic? And he did. He genuinely said, yeah, I do. Um, Because he wasn't still in the mud of pity, um, regret, blame. He wasn't still there. He'd got out of the mud shaken himself off and was doing something about it. So we can all learn from that. And although it is a small example, it's a great example of how all of us can do that no matter what the scenario. Um, And then the second thing that happened this week um, was that uh, last Sunday I was in a wood, a particular wood that I've been walking in for 10 years with three different dogs over the years that we've had. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it without any problem for eight years. But the last two years, a chap has returned to that village, a guy, middle-aged guy, and he is ruling that woodland as if it were his, which it isn't. He's ex-military police, I think. He's retired now, and he seems to have taken this wood on as his thing. 
He's apparently put cameras up in there to check any dogs that may or may not be chasing and worrying the sheep, etc. It's not his wood. He's just a resident in the local village. But he goes around there throwing his weight around and telling people off and basically ruling as, he, as if he is the military police of that wood. And I have seen him a few times and he's, he's not friendly. He's not very warm at all. And I know because of other people that this is not a reflection of how he sees me particularly. I think it's a reflection of who he is, which is fine. That's his stuff. Um, so I don't take it personally uh, because so many people, he's got a reputation, everybody knows him. However, <laughs> last Sunday we came across him and my dog went bounding up to his dog. That was fine, it was absolutely fine. But as I passed him, he started to have a real go at me and uh, told me in not a friendly way at all. And if anybody's ever met M Millie, she is the most friendliest dog. But equally, if anybody knows anything about dogs, dogs are dogs. They have their own brain and they have their own behaviours and they have their own pecking orders. If uh, you watch a dog programme about dog behaviour and stuff, they do their own thing and they all know what each other means by certain, I don't know, tail up or ears up or body position or whatever. And I do believe that you let them sort it out most of the time. Um, they're fine, they know what they're doing. They know how to communicate, etc. But anyway, she went bounding up to his dog. Fine, there was no trouble, no teeth, no snarling, no nothing, nothing at all. But he yelled at me that if I didn't get my dog under control, he would report me, um, which was completely unnecessary. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I had called out good morning to him. He hadn't answered. He had a face of thunder. Now, I don't know as I got home, and although it was a little bit upsetting, um, first I was protective of my dog because she is the sweetest dog and she didn't deserve that. It wasn't warranted, it wasn't necessary. The whole scene itself was completely ridiculous and unnecessary, but got over it quickly by thinking, well, I don't know what's going on in his life. Uh, uh, you know, who knows what could be going on in his life. Maybe he's had a horrible incident at home. Maybe something's going on that I don't know. And I was there at the right time, the right place. And it was an opportunity for him to flex it all out. And that was fine. So bounce back from that. Um, however, four days later, I got a letter from our local government office or tax, um, not tax office, uh, council office from the dog warden <laughs> reporting me that they'd had a complaint about my dog. It was to the occupier of my house, so they didn't know my name, they didn't know my dog's name. So my first question was, how did he get my address? Because I don't even live in that village, I'd driven there. And I realised he must have got my registration and probably has illegally, through his contacts, broken all the GDPR rules and got my address and got the letter sent, which in itself makes me a little bit cross that he's breaking the rules to his benefit. Um, anyway, so could I please urgently phone to discuss, which I did phone her and she was lovely and we had a lovely conversation and a bit of a laugh and she said he hasn't actually said your dog did anything. 
And uh, in fact, he said your dog didn't harm his dog. And I suppose she didn't. She didn't do anything at all. She's the friendliest dog. This is just a complete waste of your time, government money, the taxpayers' money. Um, we are the go government and the councils are under enough budgetary constraints at the moment with everything that we're about to hit recession and stuff than to have time wasters like this. I wasn't happy. I was cross and frustrated that he had wasted his time going back and reporting me and finding out illegally my registration number and my address, etc. But that there was no case whatsoever. In fact, she said, there's clearly no case and I will close this case and it's absolutely fine. And I told her to come around any time she wanted to meet the dog. Um, and it was a lovely conversation. She was a really nice lady. And so it was fine. Uh, but it has now meant that I can't go in there anymore. Although she strongly suggested that I do and continue to. And there's not a problem. But um, yes, so why am I telling you this story? Well, uh, probably because it was an opportunity for me to use uh, the technique that I've talked about on here, um, which is Sumo. I think I've talked about it. It's a great book if you want it. It is literally called Sumo, S-U-M-O. Um, and it means, it, it's, uh, it's a full book of some great user-friendly techniques and practical tips of how to sort of bounce back really, how to get on move forward um, and sumo stands for his the author uh, breaks it down to stand for shut up move on he doesn't mean shut up stop talking he means shuts up in terms of your overthinking you're overanalyzing you're reliving the negative um, in your head it's going round and round and round stop stop the internal dialogue shut that internal dialogue up um, so that you don't suffer any more about it and basically move on. So shut up the discussing in your head, move on. I've changed it. I use that in schools with teenagers a lot, but I change it slightly to limo, as in stretch limo, for leave it, move on. And so it was a great opportunity for me to just realise again, this is something in him. He clearly needs to control things. Uh, shout and be angry. He's clearly an angry man. He clearly needs to use his so-called power. Uh, you know, sometimes I think, why do people go into particular jobs? Is, does the job make them that way? Or did they go to that job because they were already a certain way? So he's, I can't remember what he is. He's ex-military police or ex-police abroad or something. He's been abroad for years, which is why none of us have seen him. Now he's suddenly on the scene because he's retired from that and he's back. Does he now need to yield his power on this small wood and all the people just thoroughly enjoying it? And he feels he's got to have some control over them, I don't know. But I do genuinely believe it is mostly something about him. I suspect he's probably reported others and I did say this to him, to her. If he hasn't already, I'm certain he will report more. Um, and it's clearly something in him um, because there just wasn't a case. There was nothing to answer to. There wasn't an issue. <clears throat> um, so I needed to just let it go and move on. Uh, plenty of other woods. I know she's a good girl, um, etc. 
so all in all I had to limo it leave it move on <laughs> although I'm bringing it back up again on the podcast today I'm bringing it up today not because I'm still attached to that emotion at all but because again I wanted to use it as an example for how and when something like limo or sumo can really help um, we've just got to let it go I thought it through I know um, that it's irrational and was unnecessarily a waste of time a waste of resources and money etc but I know that it's mostly an issue with him um, I have taken out of it that perhaps I need to put her on a lead more often although she doesn't do anything and maybe is a little bit of a learning that at times um, perhaps you know now we've got a second one with the pup um, maybe and I am more careful if I see people and children and things like that coming although I don't often I'm out really early today and there's not a single soul around at the moment uh, so it's fine but perhaps in instances like that maybe I need to learn something from it and to put them on a lead sooner something like that who knows um, so two experiences this week for me to again use the techniques that I believe in um, and passionately believe in with clients but of course who's the biggest client in your life you yourself me myself I'm always learning everything that I talk about in this podcast I apply to myself they say don't they that um, an author writes a book that they need a self-development book in particular I'm talking about um, it's the book that they need and they'll say well often you hear this when they're being interviewed about their book about resilience or uh, goals or whatever they'll say it's stuff that they needed or they wish they'd had in years before or that they've learnt themselves and it's really helped them so same same with us so everything that I talk about on here it is a reminder for me when I'm recording these I'm talking to my own subconscious and it's all going in as well so both of those incidences affected my mood in those days um of course they drag you down you feel down you feel guilty I felt guilty about my son's hair um, I felt cross and annoyed about the guy and wrongly accused of something and then um, you know I felt it was unjust and you know etc etc but I needed to do something about that you need to take control of your mood and your feelings and what you're saying in your head so for you Right at the beginning, I asked how you are, how you genuinely are. I know we politely ask that. Hi, how are you? Are we really listening to the answer? Do we really mean it? But I genuinely do. How are you? Especially in these times of recording, um, everybody's feeling different things and there's no right or wrong. We're all allowed to feel whatever we feel. What word did you come up with for your mood today? What word did you come up with for your mood yesterday? And what word did you come up with for the mood that you would like for tomorrow? Because awareness is half of it. Um, and then what can you do about it? Well, I would say right now you've said what um, mood you feel in today. So give yourself a score out of 100. How would you rate yourself out of 100 in terms of your mood? One being really, really low. You know how I like my rating scales. They're always so helpful. <laughs> um, one being really low, 100 being really high. 
where, where would you put yourself in that? Um, first of all, and actually this is something worth doing almost every day because um, we can control this every day. Um, my dogs are just, uh, is, no, this isn't the road. <laughs> That's good. Um, and once you know what mood you're in and where you're on the scale, is it where you want to be? Would you prefer to go up? Um, is there a higher scale? Is there room for improvement? Or have you put yourself right up there in the 90s? If there is room for improvement, how are you going to do it? So, um, how can we improve our mood? Well, first of all, being aware of it, it's half the battle. Actually labelling it, voicing it, uh, naming it is, is half the battle. And what kind of day do you want to have? Now, I'm, I'm recording this at 7am. So I feel now that I'm in control of the day because I've decided I feel motivated. I've decided I want to achieve. So I've started off well. It's seven in the morning. I don't know what time this is. You might be listening to this in the evening, but do it for tomorrow. How do you want to feel? Now you can use a mood diary or a mood sheet in your journal. I've mentioned before in the past um, to, to keep yourself a book, to keep yourself, if you want to call it a journal, some people hate that word, um, or a log or a book or a diary, whatever you want to call it. But I'm, And I do say this again, if you haven't already, then do get a book dedicated to anything that you can benefit from in terms of how you feel, your self-development, your growth. That book becomes your tool, your working tool. Um, have it at the ready, I don't know, take it to work with you maybe, or certainly have it on your bedstand at night before you go to bed. That's often a great time to write things down and reflect on the day, reflect how you felt. It's also good to do it first thing in the morning when you're feeling fresh, um, to write down how you feel and your plans and your goals, etc., your thoughts, your dreams, everything. So that book can be for numerous, numerous reasons. So you know, as part of that book, also have sheets about your mood. Call it a mood diary, actually, if you want to, rather than a diary itself. So describe how you're feeling, describe it, label it, um, rate it, rate it out of 100. Um, and now, if it's a negative mood, or when it's a negative mood, and we're all allowed negative times, we need them, those examples I've said before, I needed to feel negative because they were negative. That, that's the reality at the time. But then I needed to choose when to sort of shake it off, when to move on from it, how long to stay feeling negative for. That's the bit we're in control of. So I need, if I were working on this now, sat writing it with a cup of coffee or something and a pen, I would now suggest that you write your thoughts down or your image um, all about that, the trigger, what's going through uh, your head, what's going through your mind about it that's making you feel that way. So I'm feeling motivated because I know I'm going to sort all um, my accounts out this week and things like that. I know how I'm going to do it. I've got the system set up. It's just a case of feeding it all in, setting up new files. I'm going to feel uh, more organised, more efficient. That's a great feeling for any of us. Um, so 
I, that's how I'm feeling about it. But if it were, say, about the haircut or about the dog complaint, they'd be very different. So I would write very different things down. So write down your thoughts around it. Um, what are your images? What's going through your mind? Um, what is the, uh, the situation? So uh, I have said this before. Break it down into the actual situation, the fact, what the circumstances. What is the genuine fact that if a margin was watching you um, from outer space, you would see uh, the, 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 the provable in court fact about that situation? So uh, my fact, let's say, was I was now in receipt. The hard fact that a mar- man from outer space would see was that I'd opened a letter from the dog warden asking me to phone regarding a complaint they'd received. That was the situation that you can't change. That's out of your control. That's what you're facing. Or the situation was I'd scalped my son. His hair was extremely short. That's the situation. Provable in court. That, that, you know, that's how to look at it. Now, what are you saying in your head about it? Now, my son could have said, wow, look at that. You can see my eyes at last. I can see out. I haven't got hair in my eyes, causing me more hay fever. I can see out. I'm not squinting. Da, da, da. Or he could say what he was saying, which was completely opposite. Oh, my God, I look ugly. I hate it. It's not me. I don't recognize myself. I can't feel my hair moving. It feels awful. And so on. So separate the actual situation and the reality of the situation from what you're saying about it. Um, and then describe how it, those thoughts are making you feel about it. So write your thoughts down about it. I'm feeling motivated, focused, I'm feeling in control, I'm feeling efficient and productive because of what I'm saying, yes, this is a great opportunity, I'm going to stay focused this week, by the end of the week I'm going to have it all sorted, um, uh, at last I'm not burying my head in the sand, I can get all the paperwork to the accountant, I'm saying all of that which is helping me feel motivated. Um, and as a result, that's helping me take the right actions. So these, these are the four categories so basically your mood can be broken down into four elements first the actual situation that you're facing or that you're in the actual hard and fast observable factual situation second there's what you are thinking about it that is the bit that's in your control what you're saying in your head the thoughts and uh, the phrases that you're running in your head will then directly affect how you're feeling, which is basically the mood. Um, the mood that you're in is a byproduct of what you're saying about the situation. It's not the situation itself that's making that mood. It's what you're saying about it. And then how you feel, whether it's motivated, upset, hurt, frustrated, annoyed, will affect what you do. So, for example, with the dog, I immediately phoned up and wanted to chat it through. Um, But because I know that she's a good girl, because I know there was no case there, because I know 
um, it, it was with him, it's more with him than it is with the actual situation. Um, I could say that to her, we had a lovely conversation, it was calm, it was rational, it was productive, we got on and I said to her, come around any time when covid nineteen is gone, come and have a cup of tea and meet the dog, which she does normally do, she said, I don't normally write to people, I normally go round. But I can't because of COVID-19. And I said, you can any time. We can sit outside in the garden. And it went well. So that affected my actions. Some people may have phoned up in tears. Some people may have phoned up furious. Um, so all of it links to what you do about it. My son was really, really upset about his hair. Really, really upset about it. It affected how he felt. He was very down, very, very, very low that night didn't want to see any of us, shut himself in the room, didn't particularly want to see his brother. <laughs> I understand that. Um, but it affected what he did by the next day. He went into solution mode, action mode. I need to sort this out. I need to have that cold shower and freezing cold water on my head, etc. Um, so if you are feeling the way you don't want to feel, if it's a negative mood, then you can now start challenging your thoughts around it. Um, challenge yourself now are there any unhelpful thinking styles or toxic thought patterns which we've talked about um, in the past episodes are you running any toxic thoughts about it um, any errors oh, I'm always like this are you overgeneralizing I'm never any good at that I'm always uh, there are errors in thinking look for counter evidence are you catastrophizing? Are you blowing it out of perspective? Have you got perspective? Are you keeping it in reality, um, etc.? Are you catastrophizing? And what if it doesn't go badly? What if it is going to be all right? Are you are you making the mistake of lots of black and white thinking, and you need to look for some grey areas, for example? So, what in your thoughts? What could you improve about that? Um, are there any better ways of seeing this? So you can do that by asking yourself better questions. Ask yourself um, and write it down in your book. So the sorts of questions that I would ask somebody if I were working with them. Um, are you ignoring any strengths or positives about yourself in this situation? So for example, with my son, I got him to look at the, the strengths that he was seeing um, I want him to recognize those and be aware of them at just the tender age of 15 if he knows now that he's got that and he grinned he looked proud he looked pleased as punch when I pointed it out he didn't know how to define that he didn't know but um, I was able to sort of draw his attention to it so that he now knows he's got that oh god yes and it will help him in future and it would help us in the future let's say he has a exam um, mishap next year or studies or school or college or something I can say to him well, you remember last you know you've got that inner resilience how can you use that now to bounce back from this so it's a great uh, learning to know that you've got these things in your mind ready so are you ignoring any strengths or positives about yourself in this situation, for example? Are you using any to toxic thinking patterns or errors in your thinking about this that if you corrected them or, or changed them would make you feel different? Um, you can ask yourself if someone you knew and trusted were to look at 
your situation, um, would they see it any differently? How would somebody else perhaps view this house? How might somebody else react to this? Um, and if those thoughts are still correct, if you've looked at them and you're not running toxic thoughts and you're not having any thinking errors, um, what is the worst that could happen about your situation? Uh, maybe I could have said that to Sam. What's the worst that could happen here? Um, there's no, no worse because your hair is going to grow. That, that's fact. What's the worst that could happen about my dog situation? Well, nothing really. The worst is that I go in there and he shouts at me every time or I choose not to go in there or whatever. What would I see, be thinking about this differently if I was feeling more positive? Um, we can run that past our head. You know, if you were feeling, if you'd won the lottery this morning, would you be feeling the same way about this situation that you're feeling a little bit low on? for example or let's say you're listening to this it's pouring with rain outside you're fed up etc what if it were really really sunny and you had a, a day off today would you be feeling the same um what else could you ask um if you were feeling really happy and confident today how would you be viewing this situation differently um if somebody you loved had the same thoughts and were going through this situation, what would you say to them to give them encouragement if it were other people? And so basically what I'm saying is challenge your thoughts. Now write down alternative thoughts that are much more helpful than the original negative ones that you were having that you wrote down first. If you can just rewrite them, change them, make them much more helpful, much more positive, um, much more realistic, much more empowering. Change them, rewrite them. And remember, you don't always have to believe them because I'll just say them to your subconscious. It will take them on board. It doesn't necessarily immediately have to believe them, but it will begin to believe them as you begin to feel better. And once you begin to feel better, your mood will improve. And when your mood improves, so too will your actions. So um, question them. That will then change how you're feeling rewrite them by rewriting them and that will change what you do. So, and then all you've got to do is sit back and notice the difference. Notice how different you feel and how differently your mood uh, is, you know, how you've changed your mood. And once you've done that once or twice and you know you've got this in your toolkit, you can choose to do it no matter what, whether it's big experiences, um, big challenges in your life or little ones like the haircut or the grumpy guy. So we can be in control of how we feel and we can do things about it. You can. So enjoy it and notice the difference and drop me a line. If this has been helpful, then please, please share it with your friends. Tell them all about it um, and put it on your social media. And I will speak to you next week on the next week's podcast.